I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, June 13, 2020. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Grow the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon, your co-host today, along with Jarrett McKenzie, who holds multiple designations. Among them, the CFP, the CWS. Am I missing anything? No, you've got the alphabet soup correct there, Troy. How about that? I I (laughs) hit it perfect. And we also have Peter Lynch. um, Good morning. The the long-time... Industry guy, not that Peter Lynch, <laughs> but the other Peter Lynch, That's our right. Peter Lynch, more beloved than, than right. the other guy. Exactly. He, he uh, cannot claim that he beat the S&P 500 for 10 years straight, but he can claim that he has watched it for at least that long, <laughs> maybe even longer. I've got the same name as the person that did that. So. That's right. Yeah. So you claim uh, it until somebody realizes that. That's, that's right. Uh, it, Peter does have the, the uh, honor to have been contacted uh, mistakenly, with people thinking he was the the more inf- the more famous yes. uh, Peter Lynch several uh, times from uh, what fund was it that he ran Magellan Magellan yeah so uh, anyway long time ago Magellan fund even around these days it is I know it's not near as popular as it used to be with his uh, with him at the at the controls but um, yep yeah all right well. Uh, this is a uh, show where we talk a lot about financial markets, and uh, why not get to that? We got the uh, S&P 500 down this week. So all you that heard me at the end of last week's show say the market's going to be up, this is where I claim defeat. <laughs> You're right for <laughs> half the week. It was also a good start. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. one day, right? <laughs> Thursday was a bloodbath on, on uh, Wall Street, and, and it really started Wednesday afternoon. Uh, when you heard uh, Jerome Powell came out and uh, talked in uh, uh, his once-a-month speech from the uh, point of view of the head of the Fed uh, and the FOMC, the Federal Open Markets Committee, which is uh, basically a a uh, rate-setting, policy-making group within the Fed. Uh, And he said, basically, we're not going to have interest rates rise at all for a while. Two years, I think. Yeah, they expect through 2022, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people wonder, well, why is that a bad thing? Well, it generally means that they don't expect any earnings growth. They don't expect any economic growth for those two years. Uh, Because if you have uh, economic growth, low rates um, would tend to create inflation, just the way economics work. Um, You know, so if... uh, if he's confident that for through 2022 we're not going to have any reason to raise interest rates, then he's also confident not to, much growth. To, to say that <laughs> there's not going to be much going on as far as growth. Uh, GDP, which uh, we came into the year assuming that we were going to have about a 2% uh, 
uh, rise in GDP. He's now seeing about 5% uh, negative GDP. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's a weird time. We've seen uh, the market go down 33.9%, 33.78, I think it was actually, from from uh, February 19th to March 23rd. We've seen that recover fully, and we had uh, just earlier this week, the market was up for the year. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is what's caused this latter half of the week to to do what it's done. Part of it, yeah. Know? And mm-hmm. like I say, you know, Fed commentary like that, I think it, it, there's a lot of folks that are out here watching this thing. I feel like I'm one of them that uh, watches it close enough that I'm, you know, scratch my head for a long time thinking, man, wh- why in the world have we bounced so hard? Mm-hmm. Especially when you look <laughs> at stocks like uh, the travel industry and, and uh, hospitality. I mean, Hertz that's bounced huge even uh, even after they <laughs> they filed bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. How in the world does this happen? But uh, um, it's you know, happening. I, mm-hmm. exactly. And and I, I got to be honest with you. I think I'm one of the few people in this world who looks at stocks that go up and scratch my head and worries. <laughs> Most people just cheer it on. Hey, look at that. Well, it's, as, it's a, cool. as a Tuesday, which I think is about when it topped out here recently, Tuesday the 9th, I mean, that's it was getting back to a scary level. You know, if you think yeah. it was, mm-hmm. with, as you said, it's come almost all the way back, maybe a little bit more so positive on the year. Yeah. How in the world could we go from being so overpriced, which we all agreed coming into the year, sure. mm-hmm. how expensive things were, to now having – What's the unemployment rate? Thirteen point three percent or something. Fourteen six, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So you got unemployment that. rates like that, these stimulus bills, and the excessive increase in the the national debt that's causing, and you know, like you said, no growth. That's we're not moving in a good direction. So how in the world? That's it was getting scary. I started feeling <laughs> with you, and I don't usually worry about that. To your point, right? But it's just, it was at a scary level. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we. I think uh, recently I was looking forward PE of about twenty three point eight. And uh, when you have that, that number means nothing to you until you measure it against long-term mm-hmm. averages. And the long-term average for the forward PE is about 17.6, which is the price divided yeah. by earnings. earnings yeah. uh, and in this case, when you're talking forward, it's current price divided by expected uh, earnings in 12 months. So, um, well, I read that it, the S&P hadn't been at this high of a level since '01 when the uh, com era was around. It's yeah. been about 20 years almost. Yeah, there, there was a span between '99 uh, and 2000, 2001 that we mm-hmm. did see these levels, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we know how the last time ended. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know of another way to fix this uh, other than with prices, and and uh, that mm-hmm. means ouch. Patience. Yeah. 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 Keep well, some stuff. Keep some dry powder. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's probably time. And this, this is a reason that we've talked all along. I mean, at the bottom, we were having conversations with clients about, uh, well, what do you do next? Well, what you really want to do is, um, you know, especially if you have money on the sidelines, you want to dollar cost average. And what you like to do is dollar cost average through the trough, meaning mm-hmm. the, the low spot in the market. Uh, and at that point, then you're buying more shares for a lower price. And uh, you get a, a, a better average cost in the long run, and um, you know you can you can actually benefit your portfolio uh, relative to just a, a buy and hold strategy. So or you can do like me, I just go all in at the bottom. Yeah, right on March twenty third. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and usually a dollar cost average over twelve to eighteen months. This time you would have had to do it in two months. <laughs> right, right. And, well, well, that's assuming that we're done. Right? Correct. That's, that's, that's right. There's no way we can't. And, and here's the point. other thing. The, 
you know, dollar cost averaging works when you have volatility in markets, right? And, mm -hmm. and by volatility, we usually mean a downturn, but actually prices that are choppy up and down. So, you know, when prices go up and, and you're still buying, which, you know, we would still encourage because nobody mm -hmm. knows the future, right. um, you're going to buy fewer shares at a higher price. And then, you know, on the opposite side of that, when you have a sell-off, you're going to buy more shares at a lower price because you're using a, a set dollar amount, and it always actually makes a lot of sense. Well, that's you know what? That is strengthens the case for contributing to employer retirement accounts. You know, like your 401, you're <laughs> doing that every couple of weeks regardless. That's right. That's There's right. There's no better place to do it. And not <laughs> only that, it's the most common thing that m most savers do. They, they right. take their savings uh, they take their, their income and they, you know, just have a systemic system where they invest a certain amount every whatever month, quarter, mm -hmm. uh, week, biweekly, whatever it is. However frequently you get paid, you're going to mm -hmm. set a certain amount and, uh, and invest like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's our... Uh, public service announcement for DCA <laughs> there you in go. the market. It works. <laughs> it really does make good sense. Uh, we got some information that's worthwhile to talk about this week as far as uh, um, economic releases, uh, one of which is the CMBS, that's the uh, Collateralized Mortgage-Backed Securities uh, Delinquency Tracker. At times like this, we do like to look at this. Uh, total delinquency race, uh, rate increased 11 basis points to 2.68% in May. Uh, it is modest, but we actually expect to see that rise a bit. Um, I did see a survey this week that said 31% of all renters wonder where their next uh, rent payment is really? coming from. That, that seems too high to me. Yeah, yeah that seems I don't know. It seems way too much. Well, I wonder how many of those folks. See, I didn't get the benchmark average because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I wonder there's a lot of people that yeah. no matter what the times are like, they're worried about yeah, If you live paycheck to paycheck, you may, mm -hmm. be, yeah. may be in that same boat. And unfortunately, there's a lot of folks that do. Uh, we got CPI, Consumer Price Index, a, re a measure of inflation, came out this week. Uh, it unexpectedly fell in May. CPI fell 0.1% in May following a 0.8% drop in April. So uh, this is a third consecutive month that we've seen a decline in prices. Um, when you uh, take away uh, food and energy, which we generally do, it, sh it showed a decline that was very similar. So everything fell basically at the same pace or a similar pace. Uh, the big weakness was in energy, apparel, and transportation services. So uh, those costs have declined. Um, Fed funds rate, we talked about it briefly. Jerome Powell came out this week and said, not doing anything, he's not changing interest rates, and he's going to support with uh, all his might um, the economy. So uh, he's going to, he's committed to using every tool in his bag to uh, make sure that we're going to uh, have reasonable growth and, and, uh, limited inflation which is his dual mandate so yeah. uh well let's take a real quick break when we come back we have a dog of the week we'll talk a little more about economic situations and financial situation and maybe even answer a question so you listening to money talks This is the dog. The dog of the week. 
into something financial, something economic, maybe even a business model. This week I've got absolutely nothing to tie this into except with uh, businesses opening back up, our economy opening back up. There's still some people that are out there that are a little bit hesitant to do that. Well, I'm trying to give some folks a little bit of a push. So I, I found this story. It actually comes out of India. Uh, a farmer named uh, Shradhanand. I think I nailed that. <laughs> uh, from the village of Pavel Kurd, which is in the Mirat district. You know where that is, Jerry? Oh, is yeah. that out close to Paulding County? Point it on a map right now. I doubt it's it close to Paulding County. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't conveniently have a map. Uh, anyway, this uh, Indian resident said that uh, he was hanging out at the house. He noticed a snake in his house. So he gathered it up and took it outside doing the proper thing, you know, instead of getting a hole like Jarrett would. He <laughs> chopped right. him into 48 pieces in the living room. Uh -huh. This guy decides he's going to take him out and let the snake go. Assuming he was uh, non-poisonous, that would be the treatment that a snake gets at my house. Um, <laughs> he went back in the house and uh, got ready for bed, throws back the curtains. There's three more snakes in his bed. <laughs> Turns out that a mama snake laid eggs in his air conditioning ducts. Wow. There were 41 total snakes in his house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so uh, my my point here is maybe inside is not the safest place to be. <laughs> Just saying. Good point. There That's are good reasons point. that you might want to consider getting outside once in a while. Yeah. No, I'm not telling that you would if, be a you're good not, one. if you're not comfortable, you know, you don't have to go <laughs> shopping. But, I mean, the yard's a nice spot, and I'm mine's been open the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, my neighbors are a bit distant from me, and that's fine with me, and, um, you know, life is good. But yeah. uh, Sunlight will do you good these days. Yeah. Better than snakes in your bed. That's uh, right. <laughs> without a doubt. I don't want snakes in I would probably kill even a non-poisonous <laughs> snake if it is in my bed. The only good yeah. snake is a... Dead, dead snake. Yeah, well, that's well, um, no. you know, my mother subscribes to that point of view. <laughs> she uh, she will chop to pieces a grand old eastern king snake, and I'm telling you, I I like an eastern king snake being in my yard. They keep the they keep the pit mice? vipers away and mice down. I mean, to your point, it shows up in your bedroom. Yeah, all bets are off. You don't really care. If I There's run into it, if to I, yeah, if I get out of bed and step on a snake in the middle, I'm telling you, this is not a good thing. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we can move on from that now, I guess. So we don't make too many people have uh, nightmares. Kelly Lynn, our producer, sitting over here cringing and wriggling. It's probably not the best way to. Make friends, I guess. Um, all right. Well, we've got a situation we want to talk about this week. Uh, Sophia and Adam, a uh, young couple, at least from where I'm sitting, uh, 37 and 43, uh, have a business, and uh, they've got a son, but all of that is somewhat <coughs> um, minimal compared to what we're talking about. Uh, they run a small business, which has been greatly affected by the COVID-19 shutdowns. They have three other employees that uh, have been able to survive on unemployment, but because um, they provide service that requires they enter people's homes, they haven't been able to open up very quickly, and, and they're not real sure when they might get back to what they consider normal. Uh, so, um, you know, they've seen some improvement since uh, the the uh, shelter-in-place restrictions were lifted, and uh, <clears throat> they're nowhere near pre-pandemic levels, but 
um, you know, they're, they're hoping that uh, things do normalize relatively quickly. Um, they need to keep three employee, employees on staff, so layoffs uh, were not an option for them. And uh, because the business is an LLC, Adam and Sophia can take as little or as much income as they want. Uh, right now, money is flowing into the business to keep it afloat. Essentially, they're paying employees and taxes, but keeping little money for themselves. So uh, they're, they're kind of in survival mode, it sounds like. Um, and what they'd like to do is, uh, is try to figure out, you know, how they might avoid this in the future is probably the big thing. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they sit here thinking cash flow dried up to nothing. Who would have ever guessed that? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's, there's a few things out there that, that, you know, it's probably, maybe it's not time right yet, but they are thinking about what comes next. You guys, uh, um, I, I think, um, there's, there's probably some good things to think about with this, sure. uh, uh, with this recent pandemic and the shutdown, especially for business owners and individuals as well. It's, uh, it's wise to think about just where do you go from here? Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's like your own household, if you think about it. I mean, that's, as you said, they're in survival mode. They're trying to pay the bills and keep things up and running. And to the extent you can do that, that's great, because then you've got a little bit of breathing room to figure out, okay, what other options are accessible to us, and what would be the most optimal way to go about moving on from here and ensuring, you know, not only the continuance of your business, but in the the instance of a household, you know, how do I continue making sure my mortgage is paid and all of these things, and there's a lot of different options, especially if you've planned properly. And to Troy's point, you know, I think that that starts with an emergency fund. No one should be investing, whether it be for now or retirement. Uh, they shouldn't be doing a whole lot of things with their money without an emergency fund that should be somewhere between three and six months of discretionary income. I mean, this is kind of the rule of thumb and right. sort of depends on how many spouses are working. If it's just one spouse working, you want about six months worth of discretionary income that would be available to you. And if both are working, it's safe to have three. But generally, you need to have that for your business as well, because if the cash flow dries up, like you were saying, Troy, sure. that's going to create some tension there and, and figuring out how to keep employees on the payroll so that you can run your business. You know, these are, are very important things. And there's a lot of options if you've got some of that breathing room, either between an emergency fund or maybe equity in your home, especially in a time like now where you might be able to access that equity through a cash out refinance. Sure. If you can, in fact, if you could lower your rate right now by about half a point on a mortgage, you could take out a significant amount of equity if you have it and probably keep your payment the same. I actually yeah. did so recently mm -hmm. myself and was surprised that I didn't. I only got the rate down about a half a point, but took out a large chunk of money that allowed me to keep the payment the same. And it's like that that could be accessible. It could be an option that should be considered in a time like this because if you were to take that out in, in Adam and Sophia's case, let's say use the proceeds to put it towards the business so that you keep it running and sustainable so that over time you not only are able to survive but maybe thrive, well, you've made a further investment in your business and did so at a really opportune time. Yeah. Jared, I know it's not the point of this, but, uh, I mean, how many questions do we get and how frequently do we get them uh, where somebody's worried about paying off their mortgage, I, you know, and and here you <laughs> are. I mean, here we are in the middle of a pandemic, and you're telling people to mm -hmm. uh, borrow <laughs> money again. Yeah, um, is there something well, wrong with you, or I'll, is it is it everybody else? I'm telling you, I was amazed, and I tell people all the time these days, never again 
I believe, in our lifetime, will we see rates as low as they are? Yeah, below mm-hmm. three and a half percent. Exactly. Below, if for no other reason, then average. lenders yeah. can't make money at much lower rates, right? That's I true. I mean, interest rates could go negative, but the mortgage rates will not ever do that. That's true. And when else will you see that in conjunction with home prices as high as they are? My the appraisal in my cash out refinance that we were just doing came in ten grand higher than what we were expecting, which was based on an appraisal I had twelve months ago. Right. So it's as high as it's ever been since I've lived in that home. Rates are as low as they've ever been since I've lived in that home. Yeah. Why would I not want access to that money when that money is going to earn me just in the dividend alone enough to offset the interest? Well, and not only that, when you look at uh, at investment options out there, uh, even if you bought at the top of the previous um, market recession, this would have been October 9th of 2007, if you had bought right there and held your investments until today, you would have still made about 7.5% annually on your investment. Which is wow. a great return. It's Absolutely. an awesome return, especially you know, when you look at uh, interest rates on, your, on a mortgage being right at 3.5%, just slightly below. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, I, th- this is the reason that Dr. Gene has said on multiple occasions, you know, people call in and say, I couldn't sleep if I had a mortgage. It, it just bothers me. He said... I couldn't sleep if I didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. if you're going to let me borrow money at 3% and I can earn 9 or 10 on that money, I will take as much as you're willing to give me. Sure. Mm-hmm. For as long as you're willing to give it to me. That's right. I mean, it's really as simple as that in this kind of environment. Yeah. No and it's doubt. always good to look at these things, too, when things are going well. You know, well, that's the, the, the best <laughs> time to look at them, Peter. <laughs> the, you know, the old saying. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen. The old saying about, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's mm-hmm. the second best time today? Right. Yeah. So plan before these things happen so that you're not scrambling and uh, making bad decisions. Yeah, everything. Yeah, Yeah. and, uh, you know, your point about a cushion. I I, I was somewhat disheartened when I saw such euphoria after the government came to the rescue and told everyone that uh, we're going to provide you all with, uh, you know, as much liquidity as you want or need. (laughs) Uh, We got the PPP so businesses can be bailed out and be able to pay. It really was a bailout for the individual employee. Uh, But you can still look. I mean, unemployment at 14.6%. I think that will go significantly lower once some of that money runs out at the end of July. But at the same time, we should not manage ourselves so that we look for uncle sam to save us yeah. mm-hmm. this is this is not the way that we should act and um you know in in dealing with uh with our own personal finances or business finances either one i mean you're, you're better off yeah you're right. better off to to kind of do it yourself well let's take a real quick break guys when we come back we'll talk some more about this topic you're listening to money talk Need to prepare. Need to prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with uh, Jarrett McKenzie and Peter Lynch, and uh, we've been talking about. Uh, situation that uh, a couple are in. Before uh, we get back into that, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. So if you do, we'd love to you, for you to call our uh, question hotline. The number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, uh, you're, you will hear our voicemail message at the beep. Uh, ask us your question. We'll play it on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770 770- 
429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. Uh, they will route you to her. She'll take your question and uh, get it to us. Uh, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, if you don't like any of those options, you can also just go to our website and uh, probably find um, lots of answers for yourself. Uh, that, again, is hensler.com, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. We've got uh, information there on uh, just about any financial topic and tax topics uh, that you might want to uh, um, endeavor and um Again, we'd love to hear from you. So, guys, we've been talking about the situation with Sophia and Adam, business owners who actually um, are struggling a bit because of uh, the, the economic shutdown from uh, COVID-19. And um, they've had to lay off employees who are drawing unemployment, so they've survived that way. Um, and uh, the two business owners are now basically just making sure that the business continues to run. They can't take any money out. And uh, we were talking about ways, um, you know, in the aftermath, it's obvious that uh, not everyone was as prepared as they should have been. Uh, just so happens that Sophia and Adam fall into the same situation. And uh, we were saying, you know, create a cash cushion, which is some of the first things, uh, Jarrett, you said, before anyone invests a dime, it's always good to have an emergency fund, uh, whether you're a business owner or an individual. Um, yep. You know, have one for the business and one for you as mm -hmm. as a couple. Um, and, you know, we've got uh, other things you ought to do, review and revise uh, expenses where you can. That's probably always a good idea, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the plans to be in place like that are crucial because not having that emergency fund or, or a plan in place in general that will rip apart whatever else that you're doing. You know, we we want you to do that so that you don't have to start digging into your retirement accounts or taking on debt because you don't have this cushion. It's incredibly important because if you don't, that's exactly what you're going to do. Right. You'll be you'll be faced with that and that only if that's what happens. So. Yeah, and it's a desperate situation. I mean, when you get to that point, um, you start looking for cash anywhere you can find it. I mean, there's probably mm -hmm. not going to be enough between the seats of your car. <laughs> Right. Uh, so you're going to have to look at, at your other financial uh, well, and assets. You get, and you'll get penalized for it, right? Yeah. That's the really big kicker here. The, is the worst yeah. part. If you'll you make go decisions crazy, mm -hmm. yeah. that you probably shouldn't be making because you're under stress. Um, and you, yeah. want, you want that money to be available Absolutely. right away. Yeah. You're so, yeah. A lot of people are so eager to get it into an account and get invested, not realizing that by doing that and, and foregoing that emergency fund, if they get into one of these positions like Sophia and Adam potentially, then – if they decide to to pull that money back out, it's going to cost them tremendously because now they got to pay tax. They're going to be penalized, and it's just not something that's worth putting yourself through. If it's as simple as planning for cash flow, whether it's for business like Sophia and Adam or for an individual household, you need the buffer to carry you through hard times, which hopefully wouldn't last beyond the six-month mark we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the, the bad thing is, I mean, if you consider 2019 – so you're telling me that I should take money out of an account that just earned 31.5% and put it into an account that's going to earn me 
Nearly nothing. <laughs> yes. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can look at you with a straight face and honestly tell you, yes, that is the answer. Because I'll be asking you on March 23rd how you feel about that same <laughs> yeah. question. Exactly. Taking it out when you're down 33%. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, th- these are all things that you should do when times are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Peter, you said it a minute ago. If uh, If you didn't do it in 2019, well, do it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's not really much of a better uh, answer than it. This mm-hmm. needs to be done. Th- these are things that will uh, make you survive, right. period. Yes. That's what this mm-hmm. is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something else we ought to talk about, insurance. Now, I know you guys as financial planners generally uh, will encourage people to get their insurance, especially if it's for uh, replacement of income uh, started before they start to invest as well. In a case like this, say you didn't do it, I mean, what mm. considerations should you uh, should you make um, now to to remedy that? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like you said, it's it's for. I mean, there are insurance policies that you can get for investment purposes, but the primary reason you want it is for replacement of income, whether that's for a business or an individual family. Um, it, so, so we're talking it, about. Uh, Disability, key employee, all, all the things that would f- cause you to forego, forego a significant amount of income if something happens to you, which a lot of people don't realize that disability is probably one of the most important types of insurance to buy if you're a business owner like Sophia and Adam. Even more and important than a life insurance. Potentially, yeah, okay. because you could be you could be disabled for much longer. I mean, the the chances of you dying at a very young age are much, much less than you becoming disabled at a much younger age. And if your mm-hmm. your employment is dependent on that income, to not have it, that would be much more significant than just about anything else in, in a case like theirs. And back to planning, you want to get that before the incident happens, right? <laughs> well, Once yeah. it happens. Isn't it insurance fraud yeah. if you don't? <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen at this point yeah. if you're already disabled. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, have a serious conversation with your financial planner. So all of these things would come up if you talk to a financial planner. But, uh, I mean, what about what about the way you uh, create the portfolio that you're going to use for a, a longer-term uh, investment plan, say a retirement account? I would say uh, this is the, the asset manager inside of me. Um, if I've got a business that, is uh is in the industrial industry meaning you know a home builder or something that's going to uh, be very sensitive to uh economic conditions don't you think it's wise that I try to invest in a way that's not so sensitive to economic conditions <laughs> right. and yep. you know more often than not people don't do that they just want exposure to the total market uh instead of you know if you're if you're a home builder say or if you own a machine shop something that does well when the economy does well and doesn't do so well when the economy doesn't, uh, wouldn't you rather own staple, you know, consumer mm-hmm. staples, businesses that are going to be uh, active no matter what happens, paper industry, you know, I think of uh, Procter & Gamble and businesses yeah. like that, mm-hmm. 
that, um, you know, even in this time, Walmart, which also sells groceries and is in the consumer staples industry or healthcare, which, you know, has been impacted somewhat, but not nearly so much as mm-hmm. other businesses. I, I think portfolio construction comes into the into the question, yep. you know, after a thing like this as well. It all comes down to diversification as well. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Whether that's just investing or even the insurance policy is part of a diverse well, portfolio. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about this lately. I've been having with clients about some of the securities that we add to our models, our portfolios sometimes, is not always going to be about it having the most opportunity for growth. It's not about the growth potential sometimes. In fact, in a time like this, I'll be just as happy if you don't lose any of your money than to try and grow it in 20% because I'm not looking for, in a time like this, something that's going to grow 20%. That's anybody's guess. Right. But sometimes with, with you know putting the portfolios together and the correlation of those different securities together, it's very important to make sure that, you know what, if you're going to have the Amazons and, and these other tech companies, you might also need to have those 3Ms and Procter and & Gamble's sure. and things that will offset mm-hmm. each other and make your risk much lower, yet still position you for, uh, you know, a reasonable return, at least market return. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know it's very common for people to, to uh, advise you, um, you know, if you're, especially if you're investing on your own, to buy things you know. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. really can get you in a spot where you are not sufficiently diversified. Um, you know, if you think about it from a bigger picture, Peter, you said diversification is the key, and, and I agree with that. Um, but think of your business, if you are a business owner, or even the industry that you're in, as, you know, you rely on that industry for income. So maybe you shouldn't rely on it quite as heavily for your long-term investments. Right, right. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? I know, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is liquidity, always. Mm-hmm. You're going to make sure that you got three to six months. Uh, Jarrett, you talked a little about, you know, the 10-year rule concept, and maybe, yeah. uh, you know, that's another one. If if you've got uh, your, your uh, cash reserves, um, put them in something that's going to make you a little money, but you're very likely not going to get uh, short-term returns that are going to be inflation these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You're just going to have to bite the bullet and know that those in- assets don't lose value when yeah. when times are tough. Wouldn't yeah. you rather be just as comfortable as you are when times are good as yeah. when times are bad? Yeah. And that's what it'll offer yeah. you. And you've yeah. got to be flexible and willing to adapt also. Yeah, always. No doubt. All right. Well, guys, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Money Talks. We'll be right back. More than 3,000 airplanes have been put in storage. That's 50% of the United States active fleet. When business as normal is no longer normal. This is your economic emergency kit. Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Peter Lynch. And uh, guys, uh, there's a lot of airplanes sitting on the (laughs) sidelines. But airplane stocks definitely have not been lately, right? Uh, it's, it's unbelievable some of the things that we've seen. Um, if anybody has financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six, or you can call and talk to a human being. 
Uh, the number there is 770-429-9166. You can ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show. They'll get you connected with her, and she can take your question and uh, get it to us Um that number, by the way, again, 770-429-9166 is the number you can call if you would like to talk to Jarrett McKenzie or Peter Lynch about your financial situation. Uh, these guys are here all the time, available, and uh, would love to hear from you if you've got questions. Um, you can always email us as well. That's uh, Dr. Gene at Hensler dot com. D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com, uh, or you can go to our website Hensler dot com. There's lots and lots of information. Uh, I think we have a coronavirus page as well. Uh, lots of uh, uh, information on how you can still get involved, getting a EIDL or the PPP if there's some still out there and available. Uh, there's lots of information that would help you step through that process. Um, so, guys, we have a question from Jennifer and Tom from Canton. They say, like so many others, money is tight right now. Uh, we're thinking of taking some money out of the Roth IRA. Uh, now, this isn't our main retirement account. We really try to max out our 401ks. Uh, the Roth was open because we had a good few years and could sock away some extra money. Uh, now we're seeing the emergency fund run thin, and uh, we wanted to pull some money out of the Roth, can we do that without penalty? That actually ties in well with the conversation we were having just a little earlier. But uh, what do you think, guys, pulling money out of a Roth IRA? Yeah, that was actually another option that when we were talking about the options earlier, what you know, Sophia and Adam could consider, given the dilemma that they were in, this would just be another one. I mentioned the, the cash out refinance at the time, but access to funds is crucial, and especially when you can do so without being penalized for doing it, doing it, which you could potentially be for pulling it from, say, a traditional IRA or a 401. But in the case of the Roth IRA, in fact, since your contributions are already after tax, you've paid tax on those dollars, you can withdraw your contributions prior to age 59 and a half, and whenever you'd like, in fact, if you've met the five-year rule that accompanies the Roth IRAs. Which uh, is? So the five-year rule is typically referring to, or at least would begin starting January 1st of the year, that you open and fund the Roth. So I could fund it in December of, say, 2020, but the the start of the first year would be January 1st okay. mm -hmm. of 2020. And as long as you've held the account for at least five years and had it opened, you would be able to access those contributions tax-free completely. And you're saying contributions, well, which means not all funds. It's just the amount you've just put what in. Just you right? put in. That's yeah. exactly right. Your basis, right. effectively. Now, the earnings on that same money you would owe taxes or and or penalty if you wanted to access those. But the point here is you can access a retirement account, which may or may not be advisable. To some degree, it's circumstantial. But, again, the point is you can and would at least have this option if you were to run into a situation like Sophia and Adam were in where, you know, they've, they've got the bills paid, but if they get in any more situations or if the, the dilemma deepens, then they could – come up short. And this is a much better option than putting yourself into debt, you know, or, or accessing retirement accounts that are going to penalize you. So if you if you have access to a Roth IRA and could use that as one of your options, it would certainly be advisable to do that before taking on debt or, you know, pulling from a retirement account that 
It's going to have tax implications or penalties. Right. Yeah. Just good to have multiple sources. Yeah. So well, a lot of people wouldn't think about it either, right? I mean, right. We all the time you have these conversations where people, they're, they're not thinking about all the things that have access to them. You know, this home situation we mentioned earlier is coming up a lot because people don't, as Troy said, they're so focused on paying it off. That's a retirement goal for many people. It's not going to be your first thought when you run into some trouble. Right. Hey, maybe I can take some cash out of my house and, and bridge me between, you know, here and, and wherever you need to get to. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like that being the case, you could potentially, if you had these Roth dollars, you could consider that as well. And, again, that's not going to be a first thought that you have is let me go take money from my Roth because when you put it in there, you you do that with the intentions of it being very long-term money, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. it's just it's just not – people will start putting money on credit cards and going and taking out loans sure. and doing other things that these type of options would make way more sense to do than something like that. Right. Now, there are people on the other side of that that um, – you know, especially when they don't have to uh, take a, a minimum withdrawal this year, yeah. that uh, it could actually make sense for them to start right. a Roth IRA. And I know we've talked about that in the last few weeks, but uh, you know, if you you know if you find yourself in a spot where you're comfortable, and uh, you know you don't necessarily need the money, and and now you've got the the opportunity, uh, you could recharacterize some of your your uh, longer term, either your 401k or your IRA, traditional IRA, uh, into a Roth, and you're going to have to pay tax on it because, you know, that's the yeah. way this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to pay the tax on the, the money you withdraw, but you could actually begin a Roth IRA and then mm-hmm. have more options, uh, you know, in, in future yeah. times. so you do a Roth conversion, yep. move right. the money out, because you don't have, to your point, that additional income. Right, yeah. and it can be part of tax planning, too, if you have your required minimum distribution down the road that's going to push you into a higher tax bracket. Right. It would be nice to have a Roth that you can withdraw tax-free. So it can be, again, part of that long-term plan to reduce taxes. Somebody might ask, well, why do you care? Well, it really goes back to the comment you had earlier, Peter, about uh, making sure that you're diversified. Being diversified doesn't just mean that your portfolio looks a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you you want diversification in the the types of accounts that -hmm. you use uh, because you must withdraw from Mm -hmm. a traditional IRA or 401k, Mm -hmm. but Roths give you the option that you don't necessarily have to, and, and you can actually manage your tax status, as you said, Jarrett, uh, in many ways, if you don't have to. Yeah, so if you needed more money this year, but taking it from your IRA would put you into a new tax bracket. If you had a Roth, you could take money from that potentially without any tax implications. Yep. Now you've gotten the money that you need without pushing yourself into that bracket, and that is exactly the flexibility that you will want in retirement. And there's just too many people that don't have it, unfortunately. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All right, well, there's a uh, another question here, and it's been kind of a hot topic. It, it always rises to the... Top of the news when Warren Buffett does something. Uh, Philip from Peachtree Corners asks, uh, what do you make of Buffett's maximum defense approach with Berkshire Hathaway? Uh, the company is sitting on a record cash pile. They're dumping airline stocks. Okay, I would too, he says. Um, still has a lot of banks, insurance, and materials in uh, construction companies. Uh, the one thing I would tell you is when it comes to Buffett and his cash, usually he's saving up for a big for a big wallop. Uh, I don't know if you recall, but in uh, 2007 and 8, um, you know, there, there's one reason that uh, Goldman Sachs can say that they didn't have to take bailout money from the government. It's because they got a bailout 
from Uncle, not Uncle, Uncle Sam, but Uncle Warren. <laughs> uh, he actually came to the rescue for them, uh, bought stock in the company, and, and uh, gave them a loan. He actually <laughs> doubled his money in nearly no time uh, just by bailing them out. But the man with cash, uh, when the chips are down, is the one who's going to win the most. Yeah. And that's Buffett knows this. The other thing is, you know, he does have uh, banks and insurance. What you got to realize is Berkshire Hathaway was a textile company when he bought it. But he has been steadily buying insurance companies, and it's really the focus of most of his business. He knows that you get premiums as an insurance company, mm-hmm. and uh, what you do with those premiums is you invest the money uh, twofold. About half of it comes as just operational income, and uh, the reason you do it is to lay off the risk of the, the insurance that you underwrite. So, um, you know, it's wise uh, to, to watch what Buffett does now. Uh, he's come under fire for some of his moves selling uh, airplane companies. I don't know why you ever bought airlines again. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's lost a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, in the past, but uh, he did dive back in, and uh, people are uh, taking him to task on some of that. But I think in the end, he's going to be uh, he's going to be okay. Now, there's not much uh, growth when you deal with. Uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, I'm not saying it's the best investment ever, and he tells you you'll never get a dividend. We love dividends around here. Uh, that being the case, um, you know, I'm not telling you to, to buy Berkshire Hathaway. It's like buying a huge mutual fund based on insurance companies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of our show, and uh, I'm telling you, next week the market's going to be up. You guys? Down. It's going I think, down. I think up. Okay, we got two ups and a down. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.